The Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM Stereo. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa Good morning to our listeners to 91.3 FM audio streaming at www.vocfm.co.za. This morning we focus on World Yearding Day, which happens on the, 9th, on the 3rd of March, every single year bringing awareness about yearding loss and people affected by it. And joining us in studio is Vera um, Genevi, I think that is how you pronounce her surname, clinical educator, as well as um, Hafida Mustafa, university student in audiology. And then we also have Afenso Sesani, audiology student and Marushka Liberty Sunday, also an audiology student and Am I right? <laughs> and she's also an audiology student. Ladies and uh, gentlemen, a warm welcome and a good morning to all of you. Thank you so much for having us. You must welcome. And I think we love bringing about awareness earlier rather than on the day so people can prepare them for it. So just, you know, speaking about audiology and we're looking at all of you being students um, at the University of Cape Town um, to study audiology. Um, what are the requirements and, and how long are the duration of the study to become a professional? I think um, Hafida, you want to check to us. Okay, so audiology is a four-year degree, and then we do one year of community service as well. Um, in terms of what is required to get into audiology, so um, the normal English uh, language of Afrikaans, and then you could either be have um, physics or biology, like one science um, subject, and then. I think we can maybe just post on our Facebook and Instagram page the link to where people can find out more about it because we're not we don't know everything offhand at the moment. Okay, so I see we you need to catch your breath a little yeah, bit. Yeah. <laughs> so let's get to it, and maybe you want to add to that as well. Yes, Vera. thank you. Um, I think the the good news about the beginning of the year and sharing information. There's a UCT Open Day coming up on the fourth of April, the third and the fourth of April for all the young high school and matriculant students that are looking for what to do, how to do it, in which university, and what are the requirements. It's also open to parents. Um, um so you can go onto the UCT website www.uct.ac.za to look up the open day information and if at the end of this uh, chat with all of these lovely students who are interested in audiology you can look up on the Faculty of Health Sciences um, at UCT um, and look up at the admission requirements they've got the generic admission requirements and um, we'll post it up on our social media pages as well. Maybe you should ask Mariska um, in which year are you currently? We are currently in now fourth year, our final year. In your final year, yeah. um, and you know when you when you started out with your studies, did you know that this was exactly what you wanted to do, and what inspired you to do audiology? So when I was younger, I I had a lot of operations on my ears. I was in and out of um, the hospital at like Constantinburg Red Cross Hospital. I got lots of ear infections, and I had grommets inserted. And that's the reason why I went into audiology is to help children like me that has been through all that trauma and the pain of having ear infections and your eardrums, everything's leaking and 
and that's why I chose audiology. It's amazing. I didn't know you went through all of that when I asked you the question, but <laughs> I just so happened how it fitted you, isn't it? Yes. So coming back to, you know, the importance um, to know about hearing loss, and very often we think it's only with the elders where, you know, they experience hearing loss, but there are other, you know, um, diagnoses as well. So let's speak to our gentleman in studio, Fencer. Tell us more about, you know, um, how hearing loss can occur. Um, well, hearing loss can hear occur in a few, uh, many ways. It may occur in your workplace if you work in a place with loud sounds. Let's say um, it can happen from birth. Uh, there's a few uh, diseases that uh, do strike uh, from birth that do result in hearing loss um, that we end up choosing. Okay. Yes. Um, do you find that every um, you know hearing loss can be remedied, or they um, you know these if diagnosed or early detected? And I'm going to ask my my guest on the on my right here, uh, Methi, um to just give us um, you know an an, um, an idea there that are there treatments for for hearing loss? Yes, there are. If detected early, hearing loss can be managed with the use of hearing aids or assistive listening devices such as FM systems. And the earlier is detected, the better the outcomes for the treatment because then the damage is um, it's stopped from progressing by the management. So we're looking at tools of audiologists, and I think that is what is very important as well. And many a time when you find hearing loss, you also find maybe there's a speech defect. So I'm happy to just take us through that and, you know, how early it can be detected, um, um, you know, from a parent's perspective. Okay, so that's a very important question, Aunt Aisha. So I think um, it's very important for parents to actually do hearing screening. So I know in South Africa there's not lots of... Um, opportunity and resources and even awareness of the fact that you can screen your baby from as early as a few days old so that um, UCT runs programs where we actually screen babies and um, hearing loss can be detected from a very early age and as Auntie Asha mentioned it does affect speech the child's ability to hear so it's important for parents to take note of those milestones and uh, from baby already they can see is my child aware are they startled by loud noises are they following my voice um, these are all very important milestones that parents need to be aware of and um, early detection especially in childhood is very important because the ability to speak comes from the ability to hear so you won't be able to articulate the sounds you won't be able to converse if you're not able to hear the sounds that are coming in and what needs to go out okay then Mariska you've mentioned earlier on with what you endured as a child you find yes. that you know because your parents were so active and uh, you know you they you went for regular checkups that it is that you still have your hearing um, currently and that you know this was your encouragement as well so tell us about it and why it is so important you know not to miss your visit um, you're with your baby at the local clinics. I'm so lucky that my parents detected um, when I was a baby. They, at one morning, they saw I wasn't. I was just laying on the bed. I was very warm. I was sick, and then they didn't know what was wrong with me. And then they took me into the doctor, and then they found out no, my ears are giving a problem. And then I had to have an emergency operation to get grommets inserted. And it's very important. I was, I was going to go deaf if I did not have that emergency operation. They had to reschedule other children that were booked on that day for an appointment, so that I could go for an emergency operation. So I think it's very important because today I wouldn't have my hearing. I would have been 
um, maybe signing or I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for my parents who detected at a young age. Nothing wrong with signing because you find people with hearing impairment that needs to do mm, it after yes. all and I think you know it would be nice if we all learn a little bit of signing as yes. well yes. so that we can communicate. So Mr. Sasani let's speak about you know how would you detect in your home if you know somebody is kind of either losing the hearing um, or and especially when they're growing older or how how do how if we know it's it's not just you know blockage in the ears or it is indeed you know um hearing impairment that is happening well it's hard to say i think well, it's hard to say I think the best thing is to go into your local audiologist and always check um if there is an issue if you always suspect or if you suspect something um is the best thing to say right now because um um in terms of blockages in the ear um that also does have an effect on the ear in terms of like the way the sound is interpreted by the ear. We speak about audiology and I think very important um, we have this bad habit we love cotton buds <laughs> and maybe we should speak about that as well you yeah. know somebody said that the, the smallest thing you can put in your ear is your elbow yeah, yeah. Tell us about I, that, yeah. Um, I actually I learned that in Afrikaans when I was younger <laughs> to say if you can put your elbow in your ear that you can put everything else look every opening in the body was created to either make sure that something exits out of it or something enters into it and the one main opening that has stuff that enters it for our health and for our sustenance and nutrition is our mouth everything else that is an opening don't put anything in there <laughs> it's an opening to have things exit so if you talk about wax a lot of us struggle with wax or itchy ears or maybe if you went swimming and you want to dry it up the the ear is a self-cleaning organ and and and, and part of the body so if there is wax, it is supposed to be there because if you think about dust and uh, funny creepy crawlies that might get into your ear, the reason wax is sticky is so that it cannot go all the way through and eat your eardrum. So the more you remove your wax, the more your ear produces because it has a function. And the thing about the skin is the more you remove the moisture, for example, with the wax, the more it will produce. So you then start a cycle. And um, I think internationally, uh, cotton buds have now since been renamed cotton buds and not earbuds because actually they're not for the ear. They were just supposed to be a nice um, uh, convenient way to hold cotton and use it, say for the tear ducts uh, say you're cleaning around your nose or around your ear, never inside your ear. Thank you so much for that and I think it's very important as well. You know when you, you have elders in the house, um, can you pick it up by them raising their voice when they speak to you or can you um, when they ask you to please repeat what you're saying, should you be worried then you know and, and have them Examined. And I think let's ask my guest and now I'm gonna get your name right. Yes. There we go. <laughs> uh, yes. Um sometimes when people have hearing loss it tends to show itself by them um struggling to hear maybe the radio or the TV, they always have to put the volume up and then when they're speaking to someone who's in another room they tend to like struggle to hear them and then also sometimes they're always like asking for repetition or asking you to speak slower or clearly because um hearing loss actually uh, affects and it shows uh, that it's present by someone struggling to hear sound. 
do you think that you know this is the reason why um, World Hearing Day is such an important day, um, you know, to speak about? Like you've mentioned, Vera, um, you know how important the the, the hearing is, and and I think you know what, it's it's one of our senses. Yes. So look, I think hearing is one of the invisible senses. You can't see it, you can't touch it, you can't smell it, um, and it's very easy for you to notice after it's gone when it's too late. Um, and you need to look in the mirror to yeah. see it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. uh, and so um, with, with the World Health Organization, they created awareness days around most um, uh, uh, health conditions. And with hearing loss, it was important for us to actually stop and look at how can we inform the global community about what can they do for early prevention? Because my grandmother always liked to say prevention is better than cure. She was a yes. very wise woman. And so um, it, it is on the 3rd of March, so next week, Tuesday, make sure you get yourself to a local clinic um, or a hospital to make sure you get your hearing screened and if there aren't services for audiology in your clinic we are aware that we are not universally necessarily available um, in most clinics in the public sector take out your phone look at a smart um, application to test your hearing the World Health Organization uh, launched what they call the hear who h-e-a-r who for w-h-o it's actually a South African invented app um, to quickly screen your hearing with your phone. So for all the teenagers and grandmoms that maybe um, are annoyed by their teenagers on their phone, it might be a quick way to quickly screen your hearing in your own home using a cell phone. Being in your fourth year, um, you know, students, and, that's, and I'd love to pose this to Hafi, uh, you're a fourth year student, and obviously you've mentioned earlier on that there's the community service that you need to do as well. Um, that in do you do you, do you anticipate you know go, uh, you know finishing off this year and then going into the year where you can actually work within community and be of benefit to community? Um, yes, Aunt Asha. So I am quite excited to be done with studying for now, and basically just to take the next step into my profession. So I'm quite excited to start um, doing community service next year and actually going out into the communities and offering the services, and that would just be my way as well. Um, to basically add to the profession and to take it a step further as well, hopefully along the way. Inshallah, so growing the community as well. Marishka, from your side, looking at the various projects and programs that will be running on the third, and I'm sure continuing this throughout the year, it's only that we're speaking about, um, you know, world hearing there, but I'm sure as audiologist, you're busy throughout the year as well. Yes. So throughout the year, we are in clinics so from tuesday to friday we see adults we see children we test the hearing we provide management therapy so we do it every day so every day we are promoting and making people aware and educating them and diagnosing hearing loss and helping to regain back the skills that that they once had before Educating and awareness is very important, Sesani. So tell us about it. And, you know, when you go out into community, what is, what is your message to them, um, knowing that you're this audiology student who wants to make a difference within community? Um, my message to them is to always watch after your actual hearing, because um, once it's gone, it's something that's really hard to gain back. Um, I mean, there are devices that do help uh, sort of bring um, it back to a certain level but not completely to what it will was in the beginning um, yeah 
Okay, so we're looking at, 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 at youngsters um, in need, that's at the Carla Toy Center um, that needs the cochlear implants and all of those. Um, tell us more about this and, and you know, how it impacts, um, you know, audiology as well. Yeah. So uh, good, good, good that you actually asked that. Yesterday was actually International Cochlear Implant Day and okay. we were doing lots of awareness <laughs> on that as uh, as audiologists. And um, the Carl Dutoy Center was one of the groundbreaking um, institutions um, that was created in Africa, one of the first ones. I think it's been existing since um, the 80s and it was uh, spearheaded by Stellenbosch University and Tigerberg University. And in the last 30, 35 years they've seen, they've done more than a thousand operations and have had more than 800 people receive cochlear implants. Now what cochlear implants do is that they go and they implant this device into your actual ear inside your head and what it does is it transforms your ability to not hear naturally to now be able to hear electronically. It's an absolutely amazing process. If you don't know about uh, cochlear implants uh, be sure to look up the South African Institute for Cochlear Implants and uh, they've got such amazing information encouragement stories and a lot of mommies who are fundraising to get their children uh, cochlear implants and give them an opportunity to function in the hearing world. So it's very important to, to also highlight that it's an option. You don't have to seek to function in a hearing world. You could want to raise your child in a signing and deaf community and we've got such a lively, amazing deaf community here in Cape Town. And so cochlear implants were a great breakthrough for technology and um, in the medical world to give those that want to function in a hearing world an opportunity. But should you choose not to there's still lots of rehab that we do with deaf and signing children. We also have clinics at the deaf school at Nolutando in Kailija. Lots of amazing things that we, we, we are doing um, in the deaf community as well. Indeed. Just a question with regards to, um, you know, doing good within community. And I'm sure as students, you, you want to make a difference as well. Do you do fundraisers? To, do you have projects that you run yourselves, you know, to make a difference within community? Tell us about it. Whether it's past or present or maybe what you're planning for the future as well. Okay, so um, for the future, we would like to continue. We started a social media campaign, and that was just one way that we also thought we could get information out to as many people as possible. And in this radio interview as well was one of the ways um, to get information out as well, because we realized that not everyone utilizes and has access to the social media platforms that we are currently um, posting on. So we are primarily posting on Facebook and Instagram. Um, so we launched the campaign last week. So we basically post different um, information and stuff regarding World Yearning Day and the importance of yearning and early intervention. And um, in terms of future projects, this will carry on. And if I'm not mistaken, one of the other groups as well, they will be having a fundraiser for World Yearning Day, also in aid of deaf communities and just helping to get intervention and proper management out of the communities. I'd love to ask, and I think this is an open question to anyone. We often, you know, when you go for an eye test, they tell you how much your eyes have deteriorated. It's a minus this or it's a plus this or that and the other. How's hearing being measured? Tell us about it. And what is normal hearing yeah. um, <laughs> measurements? Um, so w with hearing, you go and you get a test. And what we do, we measure hearing in decibels. So mm -hmm. everyone who's listening to the radio, actually, they're listening to the radio using the volume uh, uh, tab in, on their radios at home. And you here at Studio and the many people that make Voice of the Cape possible um, should be aware about decibels and sound levels. So essentially, you go in and we test at what sound level can your ears detect sound. And essentially, we're trying to actually say 
how soft can your ears go and if they are your softest level actually isn't soft anymore and the softest thing you can hear say is me when I project my voice then we say actually you've lost the ability to detect soft sound so that's essentially how we move from uh, measuring to actually saying now you have a hearing loss so you've lost a little bit of the ability to detect the softer sounds and how you move from hearing loss to perhaps a severe hearing loss or deafness is you've actually lost the ability to detect any sound at all not just the soft sounds or the moderate speaking sound so we put you in a booth similar to the studio and we play lots of sounds and then you have to indicate to us if you're hearing it with adults you press a button and with children they raise a hand play with a toy they blink anything you can get with children as a response um, is how we measure hearing so I'm just a bit curious so we find the youngsters having you know the the music at the top of the yeah. volume yeah. and they have those things in the ears <laughs> yeah. and they can't hear you all coming behind the them all the all time. The so time. long term, what would that do? Look, Offensa alluded to this to say even with adults, if you are exposed to noise, um, any kind, it could be recreational, it could be at the soccer stadium, it could be the music in your car or your earphones. Your ears have this ability to sustain your, your, your hearing in noise. It's like a reflex, but that reflex can be put up for so long. After a while, it stopped being active. And so what happens is the damage starts happening over time. So usually we we recommend what we call silent breaks. And so if you're listening to something, take a silent break. Say you work at a mine. You shouldn't be exposed to noise or you're a construction worker. You shouldn't be exposed to noise over a long period of time. If it's a few hours, you're fine. Your ears are, are, are created to protect you from that. But if it's consistent, like with young people, there've actually been a lot of international interventions like a lot of reputable earphone and cell phone companies and um, even sound system makers, you will realize if you increase the volume, it now actually informs you. It says you are increasing the volume too too high. Will you still want to do this? And then it puts the, the agency in the person who's listening to say, yes, I want to, even though I know it's now dangerously loud. Okay, and what are you saying? Tell us in, on, on, on Tuesday, the 3rd of March, where can people find you? In which community will you be working? Is it as a group or individuals? Uh, okay, so the project that we are running uh, next week uh, on Tuesday, but we usually post on Wednesday afternoons. Mm-hmm. We're gonna make a poll whereby people can, I mean, a question and answer series on our social media pages where people can ask questions about what they wanna know about ear health or hearing loss or deafness, and then we'll be there to answer their questions. Mm-hmm. And also, we might be assisting our colleagues who are gonna be. Um, running a fundraiser for um, GSH um, management, I mean GSH uh, management Are you, okay you yeah, I just <laughs> want to add to what Hody Singh said um, so how, how we are going to um, basically bring the message across is primarily through social media however we do have um, clinics of our own that we go to so we might not be in a group altogether but we will be in clinics so we have different sites that we go to and we'll be doing that next week Tuesday. Ladies and gentlemen we want to wish you all the success and thank you so much for being in studio with us and shedding some light on hearing because obviously if we're speaking and nobody can hear us then what's radio without no the lesson? Yeah, you have no jobs. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. All the success and as like and a goodbye to you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. The Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM Stereo.